What is going on, Bible Stormers? We are back for season five, kind of, of Bible Storming. Season five in that it technically should be season five, but in terms of content posted, I'm not sure exactly where we're at, but we're going to try to be consistent this season. Life has just been insane lately, but hey, that is no excuse. So we're back and let's just dive into it. Let's see if we can get some content flowing and hopefully keep it going for this season. So I want to talk to you as we start out this season about honor and shame. Those are two dynamics that don't really play a huge role necessarily in our lives, at least that we see on the surface. But that's not necessarily true in other cultures in the world, both now and in ancient times. In 1871, some U.S. Marines invaded Kangwado, which is an island off the coast of Korea. The U.S. won this fight, and in, in, in the process, they took several prisoners, over 100 Korean soldiers, actually. And these captured soldiers were going to be repatriated. They were going to be taken home um, to their families back in Korea. But the U.S. soldiers were surprised when, as they were marching their prisoners, several of them began to throw themselves into the river and to cut their own throats if they could. Nobody had any idea what was going on. But then even some of the other soldiers asked these, they were begging these soldiers, uh, these U.S. soldiers to kill them because they would rather die in battle than go back to their families alive but shamed because they knew their families could never come back from that. They would never escape the dishonor that came from that return. And that type of mindset is mysterious to me. It's not not something I think I would be going for in battle if I were captured. I think I'd just be trying to get back alive. I'd be happy that they were going to let me do that, right? But what's different here is that their cultures run on more of an honor and shame paradigm, while my culture has run more on a guilt and innocence paradigm where I'm motivated by inner guilt and inner innocence or desire for it. And those soldiers were motivated more by a desire for honor and a strong aversion to shame. And this is very tough to understand because our cultural values are so different. In fact, from what I've read, our language really doesn't have words to capture exactly what's going on here, but we're going to try, all right? So this first episode, hopefully going to be very brief, trying to start slowly. (laughs) So in this first episode, we'll just talk for a few minutes about our culture because we really can't begin to understand the differences between an honor-shame culture and a guilt-innocence culture until we truly know what's going on beneath the surface in our lives. Because at least for a lot of us, I think, we take a whole lot of things for granted from our culture. And so we have a lot of blind spots when it comes to other cultures. And we might not realize where our weaknesses are, where our strengths are, and then how we can play on those strengths and improve our weaknesses. So let's talk for just a few minutes about guilt and innocence and particularly individualism in our culture. And I should say that that no culture is purely honor and shame based or guilt and innocence based. That's just simply never going to be the case. But there are cultures that are more of one and the other. And in our in our case, in terms of like a Western U- U.S. worldview, which is what I'm coming to you from, I think that is the case with us. We are more based in a guilt type culture. 
in our culture, my self-formation is a high value. Growing myself, becoming the best version of myself that I can be is valued highly for us. And that's because our culture is very individualistic. Life is about becoming the best that I can be. And individual achievement is a very high goal for the people in our society. And actually, for most people, standing out is better than blending in. Now, that might not seem strange to you, but if it doesn't, that is because you grew up in the same type of culture that I grew up in. We have proverbs like, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. That's very much placing significance on the individual. A very popular mantra in the Western culture in which I live is, follow your heart. Follow your heart. That may be good advice in some scenarios, and there may be also some some troubling theological implications behind that phrase. But either way, notice how individual-focused it is. Follow your heart. Follow your feelings. Follow whatever your mind seems to be telling you to do. Chase after you. And even the the U.S. Army, which is arguably the institution in our society with the greatest need for teamwork, has used surprisingly individualistic slogans like an army of one and be all you can be. That just shows you how deeply ingrained this individualism is in our culture. Part of growing up for us is learning to discern for ourselves between right and wrong. And the idea is that because of our internal values, we should choose right and avoid wrong. So we should be governed by a sense of inner conscience, driven by that. We should be convicted by our consciences. We think something is is wrong if a young person is growing up and they simply choose not to follow what we might think of as right and wrong when they choose not to follow their conscience, at least what we think their conscience should be telling them. Generally, as a society, that is how we view people who act differently. They're immature because they're not listening to the inner values that should be guiding them, these values that that are external to us, but we should internalize and then let them guide our lives. In other words, guilt and innocence should drive their lives to some extent. So we have standards outside of us. We should be clear about that. The standards themselves are not subjective in in what I'm talking about. But ultimately, the purpose of those external standards is for us to turn them into internal guardrails. So I'm not even talking about postmodernism and whether there is an objective right or wrong outside of us. I'm just assuming that there is, right? Because I think, actually, most of our culture does. We might think of our culture as postmodern, but in reality, I think it really is almost post-postmodern, where we have a lot of things in our culture that are almost taken for granted as this thing must be right and this thing must be wrong. And if you disagree on that, then you simply are wrong. Now, that's not postmodernism. That's almost post-postmodernism, which says that things like justice and autonomy and freedom and love are all goods. And racism and murder and things like that are objectively wrong. And just that right there is not uh, is not postmodernism. It's post-postmodernism. And we expect those external realities to become internal for each other. 
that we will all be guided by our internal realities, by our internal moral compass, you might say. That moral compass for us is more internal and personal rather than external and public. And we'll we'll see some more of that in a different type of culture that we'll talk about in the next episode. And we presume, just in general, we presume that we should be motivated internally to do the right thing. So so we also presume that we will be punished internally if we don't. Now, this is talking about guilt, internal punishment. In Edgar Allan Poe's short story, and if you know anything about Edgar Allan Poe, it's probably not going to be a very fun short story, right? But the narrator um, talks about, this is in Telltale Heart, his short story. The narrator tells the reader about how he... He, the narrator, killed the elderly man who lived with him for no apparent purpose at all. Well, then um, this narrator dismembered this man and buried him under the floorboards of his own bedroom. This is horrendous, right? And for us, we immediately are disgusted. And then also we think, how is this man going to live with it? And, And part of the point of the story is that, sure, this is the perfect crime. He's gotten away with it. There's no evidence. But he, this, this narrator is undone by his guilty conscience. He has a hallucination that this, this man's heart continues to beat in his ears from, from beyond the grave. And that, that's almost emblematic of what our culture expects our morality to be, which is internalized. We can't do things and get away with it without having a guilty conscience. We, we typically assume that our wrongdoings will find us out because we can't clear our conscience until we confess, until we are rendered judicially innocent, not even necessarily formally, legally innocent, but just in the court of law of the people around us, we need to have that internal, we need to have uh, their clearance to have this internal peace. And I think that is is a pretty good summation of how our culture is really focused on guilt and innocence, and that is because of the significance of the individual in our culture. So next time, we'll come back and we'll talk about honor and shame cultures and what this looks like, and, and then begin to break down what these differences mean, why they matter for us, and then especially what this has to say about the gospel itself, which is really the key here. And, and really, the reason why we're talking about this is because the ancient Near Eastern culture, in other words, like the first century Roman culture in um, in Palestine, so the culture in which the, the New Testament events and church are, are based for the most part, this is really true of them. Their culture was more honor-shame based than guilt-innocence based. And I think you'll see that there are a lot of things in the text of the New Testament that we miss because we come at this with our cultural blind spots. So I'm excited to continue this this little mini-series on honor and shame with you. I can't wait to see you there. Until then, keep on Bible storming. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.